Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 832, air date November 4th, 2020. From California, who flew in yesterday. Pam and Angie, right there. I want to thank them, Pam. You were the mayor of San Juan, right? California. And um, that's our theme song. Um, we have uh, an extraordinary group of people here. I think what Michelle alluded to is, if you look around this room, you actually feel like you have a community. And uh, a community where you start recognizing that you don't have to feel alone. And this is very, very important for your mental health and your physical health. Because when you start creating a world where you just watch a set of talking heads on TV and you believe that becomes truth, it actually, and when you know in your gut something doesn't make sense, it actually can have um, uh, deleterious effects to your brain and your body and everything. So part of when we talk about truth, freedom, and health, this gathering here, by the way, this is officially, what is it, Jenna, protest? Yeah. It's officially a protest. Okay, a peaceful protest, right? So you can tell that to Charlie Baker, but I think the most important thing is that you have people here you can actually have a relationship and, and connections with. So I want to comment on a couple of things. I want to talk about a very important word called connecting with people, connections. And what is the meaning of life? I want to talk a little bit about that, a big topic. And then, I'm, then we're going to talk about where we're actually going. Are we live, Jen? We're live. So we're live, by the way, over here. Yeah. Um, so I want to tell those people that are listening to us and everyone that this is just the beginning. This is the beginning of a revolutionary movement. That's what we created. And, um, yeah, you may want to pan. So I think one of the most important things is that the hard work that Michelle talked about, Dan putting out 70,000 cars, right? Where's Jeremy? I mean, Jeremy coordinated an entire sign team across the entire state, thousands and thousands of signs. All right, while he's doing a full-time job. By the way, everyone in this room has a full-time job. Everyone works full-time or at one point did work full-time and they're retired. Like Marie worked as a nurse, right? Was taking care of her husband who, um, again, our condolences to Marie's husband who passed away. Um, and thanks to Baker, she wasn't able to see her husband pass away. Okay? That's what the swamp rhinos, the Democrat mob delivers. They deliver forced vaccinations, what have they delivered us? They delivered us seniors dying alone, and so on. And we'll talk about that. But one of the most important things is that when you look around this room, everyone in this room, I would say 60% of people, at least in this room, were apolitical, right, Karina? Did not want to participate in politics, right, Jen? Right. And, but our movement galvanized people because we actually had something substantive to talk about. We were talking about real things. And that's what scared the establishment. The, one of the things I want to talk about right away before I go into much more of the philosophical stuff is this. Um, most of you know that we won the primary election on a landslide, period. And why do I say that? And I want to arm you with some facts. We started the primary election, first, one, first group to announce, we put up close to 10,000 lawn signs, probably distributed close to 20,000 bumper stickers. We had 500 standouts. That means people like Marie were going out nearly every day to the Bourne Bridge, holding signs, banners, right? Ken Fielding, where's Catherine Vitale? 
um, Diomid and his wife and Karina in Newton, uh, Tony Gambale, who's a full-time chiropractor, a great chiropractor if you need help, and Tony would put on his roller skates, and you must have put 20, 30,000 cards on people's, uh, Catherine with her children, you know, Padma, uh, Jerry, Sandy, everyone in this room actually did work. And this is very different than talking, talking about, you know, splitting the vote and Republican, Democrat. We're talking about innovating something that did not exist before. We had to come up with the political theory, the concepts of truth, freedom, and health, the concept of building a bottoms-up movement, educating people that you, you cannot trust the not-so-obvious establishment, be it on the left, people like Bernie Sanders or Kennedy, or on the right, be people like Howie Carr or Jeff Cooner. These are very powerful concepts that takes people where you're telling people you have to let go of the old and you have to start building a movement. These are very profound things that it takes people a, a lot of courage to leave the old garbage behind. So that's what this movement did. But more importantly, it wasn't just theory. You have people like Dan and ex-Marine actually out there putting out 70, 80,000 cards, doing what may seem very non-sexy work that Hollywood will never talk about, left or right will never talk about, but that's how you build a movement. So what we've done is we've laid the foundations for building a movement because people, without me telling them about some political theory, people have experienced face-to-face -face how insidious the enemy is. And this is something you can't teach in a political science course. You have to actually experience it. And everyone in this room now are veterans. Most people in this room are veterans. And so what we've created now is not followers, which is what social media wants to do. We have created leaders. We have created leaders, and it's something, once you get this education, you can never take it away. One of the biggest educations we learned was we all work very hard, extremely hard. Those 20,000, 10,000 lawn signs, 20,000 bumper stickers, those standouts. Uh, Dr. Venino, is he on the phone? He's a gastroenterologist. He ran our call center from Texas. We have people from all over the country. We must have pounded out close to one to two million phone calls. Okay? Um, so, everyone, clap again for Venus. So we'll get it on. <laughs> uh, Brenda's being the camera person, but we want to also let people know that they support you. So, we had. Uh, someone like Dr. Vino in the midst of doing endoscopies. Seriously, he was making phone calls and encouraging others to make phone calls. We had to recruit people to make phone calls, right? So you'd have 500 people who said you want to, they, they wanted to do it, and then out of that, maybe you had about 150 people. That's a lot of work. Then, then Jeremy's out there making sure people are putting up signs. But at the end of it, we had a real movement. We didn't see any signs by Ed Markey. We saw no signs by this guy, Cock, okay? That was his website address, by the way. No kidding. All right, I keep mentioning that, all right? A fool. Absolute fool, okay? Talk for Senate, all right? That was his website. That was his website. But the point is, we were out there. You couldn't not get away in Massachusetts. We had 14 major, massive billboards, radio and TV ads. How did we do that? We plowed all that nearly three quarters of a million dollars that we got from everyone here, all over the country, into radio and TV ads. The establishment didn't expect this. We ran this like a professional campaign. And no one was paid on this campaign. Nobody. No political hacks. It was bottoms up. 
You know, people like Bernie Sanders talk about the grassroots movement. He's never run one. It's all top down. It's all just words. This was truly a bottoms up movement. And that's what scared the establishment. So what did they do? They cheated. They lied, which is what they always do. They flipped the switch. And people like Ralph Lopez, who just joined us, there's a whole group of people for nearly 20 years, uh, Bev Harris, Benny Smith, John Brakey, they've been talking about this. But you know, when you have an MIT PhD, people may listen a little more, right? right? So they hit us, and what did they do? Well, in those voting systems, and by the way, we all learned this, we didn't know this, they have the capability to multiply votes by factors. It's called factoring. If you get a thousand votes, I get a thousand votes, they can multiply your vote by a number, like two or 2.5 or 2.75, and they can multiply my votes by 0.5. So I get a set of votes, and my votes could be cut in half, and Jennifer's votes could be increased. Quite extraordinary, isn't it? This is not Rwanda, this is not Chile, this is not Afghanistan, this is not Uruguay, you know, all those places that we're taught are horrible third world banana republics. This is Massachusetts. They have the ability to put the vote. Fortunately, dealing with someone who's done math all of his life, and when we saw these numbers, we knew that something was fishy because in Franklin County, which was all hand-counted votes, we won by 10%. In every other county, it was 60-40, 60-40, 60-40, 60-40. Fortunately, we had some very good mathematicians who found a unicorn. He gave me a very interesting unicorn gift. That unicorn was, people have seen this over the last 20 years. They do this weighted race voting, but they've never been able to calculate the factor. We found in Suffolk County, typically people vote Democrat. An interesting mathematical phenomenon we call a unicorn is you had low number of votes but high frequency precincts, which means lots of precincts where they have low number of votes. To keep it simply, using that data, we were able to find that my votes were cut by about uh, 60, 50 to 60%. The other guys were multiplied by 20% increase, okay? And we have all the data. We can bring in any expert and they can validate it. So that's what they factored our votes by. Now, when they do this factoring, what these cheaters do is they must cover their tracks. And the tracks that they cover is to delete the ballot images. Okay, so what happens when you do hand counted votes? You take a physical ballot and someone, two people typically look at the, you know, the little dots and they say one vote for right Sandy, one vote for Jen. But when it's put through the machine, it goes through the machine and it's scanned into a ballot image. In fact, when I went to today to vote, I, I, I told I asked those women, I said, does this make it into a ballot image? They go, yeah, we store it there. I go, do you know Massachusetts deletes it? They go, oh, we didn't know that. So the, 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 the paper scan an image is created. No different than you taking a picture with your iPhone. What is counted? What is counted in that case? The picture. So what is the ballot? The picture. Okay, because that which is counted becomes the ballot. So the ballot image is counted, the and what, who counts it? A machine. At the time of counting, they can flip the weighted race feature on. It is a built-in feature since 2001. Why is that feature in there? More importantly, 
Our votes are stored as decimal variables, which means a fraction. If you take the SATs or you took basic math, it's not one person, one vote. Your vote, if I vote for Jen, that could be 0.5 votes. It could be 1.2 votes. It's a decimal. It's not even stored as an integer. Fact. All right? Well, this has been going on. No Republican or Democrat has brought this up. Whenever people bring it up, they're said to be fringe or conspiracy theorists, etc. It's in the freaking code. Both parties have been doing this to all of us. Both of them. Both of them. And in my opinion, when I look back at this Russian collusion, I think what really happened was Trump's hackers were probably better than Hillary's hackers. That's what probably really happened. That's what I think really happened when I look at to 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 connect all the dots. Both parties know about this, and both parties have not said anything. And this is how they keep all of us, left and right, fighting among each other, splitting the votes. You know, when we ran here, you have idiots saying, oh, Shiva's going to split the votes from cock. It's, it's like adolescent, low consciousness, political consciousness. But what we discovered was that when they do this fraud, they have to delete the ballot images. You follow? Why? Because they're not going to add up, right? If Jen got 100 votes and you got 100 votes, what's the total number of votes? 200. 200 ballot images. But if I multiply hers by 2, what do you get? 200. And if I divide hers by a half, you get two. You get 50. So the total is 250. So you're going to have more votes than actually images. So what we did was we knew we won. You just know in your bones, right? So we issued a FOIA on September 9th, and we said, we want the ballot images. We want the log files. We issued a public records request to be official. When we went there, who came with us? Richard came, and um, we have it on video. The, the guy behind the counter says, oh, we delete those ballot images. We turn that feature off, quote, unquote. We have it on video. And then he catches himself. And then he says, I'll put it to you and write it. A few, 10 days later, they were actually a day late, which is violation of law. Michelle Tassinari, remember this name because you're going to hear it more. The general counsel for Bill Galvin, who's the secretary of state, also known as the Prince of Darkness. Seriously, that's what he was known as. Pretty evil guy. He's been there 40, 30, 40 years. He, by the way, whatever, whoever counts the votes is the one who wins, wins elections, okay? Who can manipulate elections. So, Michelle Tassinari's chief legal counsel sends me a letter which says, uh, we don't have ballot images. We don't have to save them. We're prohibited from saving them by Massachusetts law. There's a law called 20701 on the USC code which says all records in connection with a federal election must be saved for 22 months. It's black and white. It's a law. Right? It's a law. Well, so she writes me that hiring fact checkers to try to, you know, destroy that fact. But so Tassinari sends me that email which says that they're prohibited. My immediate rational response was what law? Can you point me to the Massachusetts statute? Because she's saying that Massachusetts law prohibits them from saving ballot images. So I said, what's the law? 
So that was my email, second thread in that conversation. She writes back the next day and her, she says, we save the paper, okay? But we don't store, very clever how these lawyers use these words, we do not store the images. Well, let me tell you, the image was generated. The law says any records generated in connection with a federal election must be saved. Anything generated. So when that image goes through that scanner, an image, I mean, the paper, what is generated? An image, right? It has to be saved. So I write back again. I said, please, Michelle, please let me know what statute or law. And furthermore, you destroyed ballot images. You violated federal law. This election is null and void. Four emails. I took all of those four emails and I put them up on Twitter. She's a public official, right? Those start going viral. That was on September 26th. And bam, I get banned for seven days. And then get banned for another seven days. And then get banned for another seven days in the middle of my federal election. 21 days with 35 days left. Think about that. I'm a U.S. Senate federal candidate. Unbelievable. So 60% of my election, I was, I was basically shut up on the platform that I spent nearly 10 years building a quarter of a million followers every day doing 30,000 tweets. Never have I been banned like that. So what happened? We find out in a, a news story that was trying to do a hit job on me, the idiot put in there, Deborah O'Malley from the Secretary of State, contacted Twitter saying that I was spreading election misinformation. Okay? Think about the word. Election misinformation. So, so we get shut down for now 60%. We're still shut down. Unbelievable. So we sue. We hire a lawyer, complete idiot. He doesn't even fill out the lawsuit. I had to take over the lawsuit. I did the, the, the entire complaint. No lawyer wanted to take on these guys in Massachusetts. Because they're all wired in. I have no legal experience. I, by the way, I've been in lots of litigation. So filing, you know, with all the businesses. So fortunately, that came to help. At the end of the day, we, so what happens when you file? file a lawsuit, there's two parts to a lawsuit. Here, we're right in the heat of battle. Stop contacting Twitter to shut me down. Okay? You guys get this? If you notice, people have been filing lawsuits against Twitter, and that goes nowhere because Twitter says we're a private company. It's our platform, we can do whatever we want. The election integrity stuff is there, but those lawsuits go 
going for years. So I said, wait a minute, why don't we sue the Secretary of State for violating my First Amendment rights? Okay? It's a full situation. So, right? Most lawyers, by the way, in order to get accepted to the federal bar, it's a different standard than the state bar, right? Everyone knows there's a state and then there's federal. The attorney we get is the uh, attorney, I think, who took on Billy Bulger. I mean, the, the judge who put Billy Bulger away. His name is uh, Mark Wolf. First Amendment guy appointed by Reagan. So we, I had to study all this case law. I had to put together my arguments. This is what you learn in law school for three years. And maybe you work at a firm for 20 years. And the judge asked the day before the lawsuit, he said, I want you to address two cases. One was called uh, Blum versus Yaretsky, and the other one was uh, Already versus Nike. So he said, and so why are those cases important? Well, in a very famous case called Blum versus Yaretsky, it's who do you sue? See, part of law is who do you sue? So do you sue? So in this case, there's a very interesting case. A old man was being moved from his nursing home from, from one nursing facility to another. And he decided to sue the nursing home for doing it because he said the nursing home was being paid by the government, Medicaid. And he said, instead of suing Medicaid, I'm going to sue the nursing home because he said the nursing home is literally an arm of the government. You follow what I'm saying? They're just an arm of the government, and that case got thrown out of court because the judge ruled in that that the nursing home is a private facility. They can do whatever they want. He should have sued the government. Okay? So the good news for us was it was almost a judge was giving us a layup because the issue is why are we suing the state instead of Twitter? And my argument was that the, that the state induced Twitter to do an action, government entity. There was a very famous another case that I had to, you know, lost a lot of sleep reading called uh, Straub versus I think uh, Polker or something. It was called Cat's Paw Liability. So why is this important? There's a very famous Aesop fable story about a monkey who is trying to get a chestnut off a hot coal, okay? And he doesn't want to get it, so he convinces a, a little dumb cat to go take the chestnut off, and the and the and the, and the cat gets his hands burned. Okay? The reason this is important is the monkey induced the cat to go do the crime. You follow? So that became a court case called Cat's Paw Liability, which is if you could, so if, if two people are working in a company, let's say Sandy and Jerry, and Sandy induces the employer to fire Jerry, typically you sue the employer. Let's say it was wrongful termination. But Cat's Paw Liability said you could actually go after Sandy. She induced the employer to do something. You follow? So we had to show that the state induced Twitter to do something. Twitter was the cat's paw. The monkey was Galvin. All right? So I had to bring another case law, and I said, look, in this case, the state induced Twitter to, violate, to, ex to essentially suppress speech. And how did I show that? I said, look, for since two, August 2011, all the way to September 25th, I've never been banned like this, ever. 
30,000 tweets. I've called Elizabeth Warren an idiot, right? I've, I've spoken up against GMOs, spoken up against forced vaccinations, all sorts of controversial things. But the day that I put up those four images exposing Galvin as destroying ballot images, that instant is when I became persona non grata and the state-induced Twitter, okay? So we got really lucky. The young 23-year-old girl who Galvin had called Twitter to shut me down, the judge cross-examines her. He goes, so what did you do? How did you, how did you contact Twitter? She goes, oh, I went to Twitter's website and I made a complaint. And he goes, oh, what did you put in the complaint? Oh, about the first tweet about the million ballots being deleted and the other emails. And he, and he goes, oh, then what happened? And so she accidentally blurts out, we have a Twitter partnership. We are partners with Twitter. The state, so up until then, the Harvard attorney was saying, well, anyone can make a complaint. We're just like any other citizen. No, it turns out the Secretary of State is a Twitter partner. Okay? It gets even more interesting. Michelle Tassinari, the legal counsel, this little young girl, she probably didn't want to get thrown in jail for lying for these people. Probably she had some parents who said, tell the truth. Then she says, <laughs> then she says that we, she goes, we are also part of the national, this gets even more interesting, National Association of State Election Directors. Let me repeat that. National Association of State Election Directors, NASED. And she goes, we have a hot, whenever NASED calls Twitter, because Remember, all the social media companies since 2016 have been under all this pressure to stop election misinformation, right? If you want to give them the benefit of the doubt. So if the Secretary of State uses a dog whistle of election misinformation, it's like calling someone a Nazi or a KKK. Twitter jumps all over it, especially if it's coming from the state. You follow? That's like authority. And it turns out that the National Association of State Election Directors was contacted by Michelle Tassinari when I put up those four tweets. A woman called Amy Cohen, who's the executive, all this came, comes out. So this was not just, oh, this guy is doing some election misinformation. This was a coordinated attack to destroy political speech of a U.S. Senate candidate. And, and this woman is a president-elect, which is right here in Massachusetts. So first thing, we showed that. Second thing, we had to show that government speech does not trump political speech. The First Amendment was created so we could attack the government at any point. So in his brief, the this guy had said, oh, we're the government. Shiva's trying to stop our First Amendment. It's not true. You can't do that, especially in, in during the course of an election. In fact, this is even more interesting. You have the, If I'm running against Sandy, I have the right to say she kicks her dog, even if it's false information. The Supreme Court ruled, the Supreme Judicial Court, even false information is allowed in political speech. In the marketplace of ideas, it's up to her to challenge that and say, I, didn't, I don't kick my dog, okay? Even false information is allowed, so we showed that. And the third piece we had to show was what's called 11th Amendment immunity. The 11th Amendment says that you cannot sue a state official in federal court. We were suing a state official in federal court. However, there is an exception to that called Ex Parte Young. I'm not going to get into it, but we ex we talked about that and exposed it. By the end of this, the judge is looking at this lawyer with 20 years experience. He goes, you had 10 days to do this. This guy is pro se. 
And, and what has he done and what have you done? He goes, I'm disappointed in what you've done. It's all in the transcript. Why am I sharing this with you? Because we've created a movement that no one has challenged this freaking insidious evil scumbag called Galvin. We did. That's why we did. And the judge gave us, in fact, he, he, he said, okay, he goes, I'm going to pass this order now. He gave it as an order that Galvin cannot call Twitter, number one, second, that the Secretary of State must contact NASCD and tell them not to call Twitter. And then he asked Michelle Kastner, he goes, he goes, you know, why didn't you simply go on Twitter when Dr. Shiva attacked you? Why did you do all this? We wouldn't be here because you have the right to also go to the marketplace of ideas. He goes, did you ever think about sending out a tweet? She goes, no. He goes, why not? He goes, this is basic First Amendment. That's what this campaign did. We went in there, we worked hard, and because there's a God, he exposed the, all of this. It's probably good we didn't win. This is a bigger win than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much bigger win. So we have, that's why we call this a victory party. This is a victory party. Not the, you can't trust any of these numbers anymore. They're all bullshit. Because they can flip the switch, they control it. It's end-to-end -end bullshit. Because the input to the system, no one, none of the, no one here can prove that you voted today. You don't get a receipt. You don't have a voter ID. The output coming out of these systems can be manipulated. End-to-end, -end, there is no evidence because it's unambiguous predictions. It's, I mean, it's ambiguous predictions. So that's what this campaign has shown. I mean, how big, even the three lawyers, now they all want to come be on this lawsuit. Now they want it, okay? Because they smell blood, because a restraining order is not given. There are three criteria that you get a restraining order. Number one, you, you have irreparable harm going to occur. Number two, that you have a chance of winning the actual court case. And three, no irreparable harm will be caused to the defendant. So the judge said, you know, they're likely going to win the lawsuit. That's a $1.2 billion lawsuit. No one should. We, what's that? Well, the point is this. We have started a movement. And that, what I mean by that is not a stupid Bernie Sanders bogus movement. I'm talking about a real movement where everyone in this room, if you want to, is going to continue their journey to become leaders. We want to train systems leaders, revolutionaries. That's what we mean, how we're going to move forward. We've created the infrastructure now. By the way, this building I own, we're, this is going to become the Truth, Freedom, and Health Center. We're going to start using the resources here to educate people. We're going to have a physical place because the future, mark my words, is offline. The future is offline. The future is not going to be online because the revolution will not be televised as Gil Scott Heron once said, okay? It won't be. And we don't, we're not going to judge ourselves, oh my God, we did this and then Fox News covered us. Tucker Carlson is an opportunist. He watches which way the wind blows. I'm sorry to break your bubble. He watches which way the wind blows. He's, he's, he's just a better grifter than Andrew Cuomo, okay? All of these guys, do not put your faith in them. Do not do that to yourselves.
We build our movement bottoms up. Stop watching these celebrities, these talking heads. Stop it. You're in an abusive relationship if you continue to do that. You are. You're expecting stuff from people who do not give a damn about you. And people in this movement have gotten that in their bones. And what we're going to do is we're going to start training people political physics. Political physics. You cannot, and it's not, it's, it's beyond science, it's engineering. We have to treat, scientists lie, engineers cannot. You build a computer, if it doesn't work, you're going to be out of business, okay? Scientists can lie, engineers cannot. We need to start educating all of us, all of you, and you need to start learning how to take that curriculum and educate others. And we have the infrastructure to do that. We've built all of it. We, we have probably in this room right now at least 20, 30, 40 educators. We're going to do a learn, teach, and serve model. This has never been done before in history, but if you look at the long line of over the last 10,000 years, from the time we were slaves to this point that we stand here today, we're going to move this movement forward for all those people who shed their blood fighting oppressors. That's what this movement is about. And you had before all of us, all of us are working people. I came from nothing in India. Racism on steroids, called the untouchable caste system. There's a reason I'm here today, because I never forget that, forgot that. I never forgot when I went back to India as a 12-year-old kid and looked at my poor grandparents who, had, who were poor village farmers, my aunt who lived in a hut, and I made a promise that I would do something to liberate not only them, but all those working people in New Jersey. And that's what this is about, and this is about us. And anyone who tells us we're splitting the vote, tell them to go to hell. Anyone who talks that adolescent politics, they're frankly vaccine injured. Okay? Probably. Sorry to say. But the bottom line is we need to raise the political consciousness. That's what this movement has done and will continue to do. And it's only a matter of time now before we will destroy the establishment. I'm telling you, it's only a matter of time. Because we've laid down the framework, the infrastructure, and it's built on a solid foundation of engineering physics. And what do I mean by that? It means everyone here, if you want to, is going to learn three important curricula, which is part of our curriculum, which is online, and everyone who's a volunteer will get access to that curriculum. It's called the Foundations of Systems Thinking. Number one, the first part of this curriculum is the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. This is like knowledge okay yes i created email yes i created cytosol but this is probably my most proudest innovation teaching you that you cannot have truth without freedom and you cannot have health without truth and you cannot fight for freedom without being healthy these things are interrelated and all of those three things intersect politically three areas of human life which have been separated you've had the People over here just sitting under a mango tree meditating and doing yoga, the health movement. Over here, you've had the, the 1A and 2A people fighting for freedom. And over here, you've had people fighting for innovation and truth. We're intersecting all of those. They have to be intersected. We're bringing together people who want freedom, recognizing why do you want freedom? You want freedom so you can have science to discover truth. And the reason you want truth is you can find real problems and real solutions to solve the health of your body. And the reason you want to be healthy is so, so you can fight for freedom.
That's first principle everyone will learn. We have that in our curriculum. You gotta learn this though. You have to actually learn it in your bones. Second principle is the not exposing the not so obvious establishment. This is probably the most important principle. And that principle is that there are the establishment actually creates, actually creates people who are called the not so obvious establishment. That's what I call them. The left and the right do it to sucker you in back into the establishment. On the left, you have Bernie Sanders, you have Elizabeth Warren, you have Al Sharpton, Robert F. Kennedy. The Kennedys, the Kennedys are institutionalized, not so obvious establishment. And it takes a lot for people on the left to say, oh, they're so nice people. Oh, Bernie says revolution. No, he's a scumbag. Because at the end of the day, he took all those young people's votes and who did he do? He gave them to Hillary, right? He didn't build an independent movement. If he truly was there, he would have said, screw you, I'm going to build it. He didn't do that because he probably got some nice favors given to him. Follow the money. And on the right, in Massachusetts, you have scumbags like Howie Carr and Cooner. And what do they do? They mislead the white working class. You have one side misleading the poor black working class and the other side misleading the white working class. And when I brought this up, you know, we've taken on subjects people don't want to handle. Oh, Howie Carr says he's a Trumper. No, he isn't. He's a scumbag. He, is, he has supported all the rhinos, and then he plays both sides. But this teaching takes a while for people to get. But once you understand the not-so-obvious establishment, that's a huge step forward to liberation. That's lesson number two. And the third lesson is that we must build a movement bottoms up. Bottoms up. And that takes work. That takes letting go of the news media, like Dan passing out cards, like Sandy going out and getting signatures collected. And this is something the youth have forgotten, hard work. So people sit there thinking like some Jennifer Aniston is gonna solve their problem. They do, they really do. Or a stupid idiot like Sean Penn. Right? Or Tucker Carlson. I have to bring up Tucker. He's a, he's, a, he's a grifter because he didn't support Trump initially. Okay? These guys are just be a little bit better seeing which way the wind blows. And then they'll come out as though they're on their side. We cannot trust any of them. We, we must build a bottoms-up movement. And this takes people who are disciplined, are not lazy, and who want to win. And that's the future. The future is going to be offline. Our goal is to build 50,000 what I call true freedom and health warriors. We have a plan. In Massachusetts, 250,000 over the next two years in the United States and 1 million worldwide. We have a plan. And we have an infrastructure to do it. We have a data center here. And all those people who go through that training will start getting access to digital services which are secure, safe, that in our own platform, in our own data center here, physically. Uh, two weeks before my mom died, she goes, Shiva, never give away your data center. We don't, you know, everyone's going on BitChute. Well, those platforms are still owned by someone. We have a physical place here, number one. Number two, we're gonna offer people education because you need to get educated because your school systems have taught you nothing about history. And number three, People are going to learn to be uncompromising fighters. 
They tell us to wear masks. No, we say no way. No way. And you have to be willing to put your life on it. You can't be pussyfooting around on some of these things. Oh, let me just put it on when I walk into police. No, you don't have to do this. And that takes people with courage and recognizing that you have to go after them. This is about the First Amendment and the Second Amendment. That's what made this country great. Other countries don't have it. Once you give those two away, we're no different than a banana republic. And that's what Galvin did. The freaking guy contacted Twitter to shut down a U.S. Senate federal candidate. Think about that. Fuck him. Excuse me. It's so fucked up. It is, it is unbelievable. So I don't want to hear people talk about Venezuela and Cuba. Right here it took place. And if you're not angry at that, you're not an American. You're a robot. You've become a freaking robot. So we need to build, rebuild that moral fiber within ourselves. Because there are people who, veterans who went, fought for this country, got themselves shot in the head, decapitated, legs blown off for those freedoms. And all we're saying is we're gonna defy mask wearing. Ooh, I'm afraid to do that. No, it's bullshit. We have to fight and the war is on. And it's not about Trump or not Trump, it's about us. Okay, what Trump did was he threw a battering ram. We don't know what's gonna happen to those results. But irrespective of that, we have to build a movement. Bottoms up, working people's movement. Not scumbag lawyers. Sorry, don't take it the wrong way, any lawyers in the crowd. But there are good, good people they follow. What I'm saying is a majority of these people who are basically manipulating words, okay? We must build a movement. So those three curriculum, bottoms up movement, teaching people at the not so obvious establishment, and the intersection of truth, freedom, and health is going to be a curriculum, a course, that we'll have online. And then that's the learning piece. Then you're going to learn how to teach it to others. And then you're going to serve. We're also going to, go, we have the infrastructure now. Whoever wants to run for political office, we're going to support that. It would be great two years from now, a hundred of us run under the independent truth, freedom, and health banner. That's what we're going to do. We're going to escalate. We need to destroy these people. That's what needs to be done. Nothing less than that. They must be destroyed. Because if you really look at it, they just want to go back to the few elite kings and we're all peasants. That's the attitude they have. It's all about money. And you know what? At the end of the day, we come into this world naked and we leave with nothing. And you have to make a decision. And, and this is a very interesting thing. We get, this is a controversial piece. You know, the Bible, it says a meek will inherit the earth, right? It's a very interesting thing. People say, ooh, yeah, that, that's nice. You know, it makes, it's like an aspirin you give the poor people. One day you'll inherit the earth sometime in the future, right? We can have a discussion. I, Michelle and I were talking about this. Well, a lot of the words that Christ put in the Bible have been manipulated by those in power, right? To mollify people, like turn the other cheek. I don't believe that bullshit. Okay, I'm sorry. Gandhi did that to India, and he screwed over people for 70 years. The establishment is very clever.
They come up with ridiculous ideas to suppress people. You're supposed to fight. Someone knocks you once, you knock them, you know, ten times back. Okay? So, so I was thinking, Michelle and I were having this discussion about it. No, I want to talk about this. Well, what does the meek actually mean? The meek means people are not that courageous, people who are subservient. Well, maybe what Christ was actually saying was, if you want to be subservient, if you want to be meek, yeah, you can have the earth. But those people who are courageous and fight, they will be given heaven. Maybe that's what he was actually saying. Because many of these so-called Christian preachers never want to talk about when Christ took that whip that he whipped those people, right? All know Christ was just getting angry. There's so many things in the Bible that really don't come to the essence of what Christ was. Christ was intersecting heaven and earth, in my view, as a student who has a deep and personal relationship with Christ. So I think we need to rethink all of this stuff. And I believe when you fight and you go to the essence of you, you become a truly liberated human being. Not sitting around a tree and meditating. Not sitting and talking New Age philosophy. Maybe it'll help some people. But I believe the true path to liberation is fighting. You have to fight. And you have to let go of all the material bullshit. And you have to fight for truth, freedom, and health. That's what this movement is about. And we're not going away. We're not going away. What's that? Yeah, we want to have in two years a hundred of us running. And we want to educate people how to do that. We want to unify people. And imagine a hundred more of us running. What are they going to do? Take over the state. And even, but regardless of their electioneering, because they know they can do fraudulent stuff, the issue more importantly is to educate people. My great-grandfather said, education is revolution. He was a man with nothing. He was very frugal, but if someone wanted a book, he would figure out some way to get money to get it to them. Education is revolution. Once you understand the not-so-obvious establishment, once you understand the real concept of building a bottoms-up movement, once you understand truth, freedom, and health, you're liberated, man. You can stand, you're like a Navy SEAL politically. You can stand on your own two feet and fight. And that's what we need to do. We have no other choice. There's no other choice or be a slave. And that's what I'm here to tell you. And that's why we're today is a victory party. We don't care what those their numbers say anymore. Their numbers are meaningless. Their numbers can be manipulated, adjusted. It's all bullshit. What is true is, imagine this. I want to leave you with this. This is a reality. We're in Massachusetts, 2.5 million households, right? 50,000 of us really get these concepts. Well, 50,000 people each talk to 50 people. What is that? That's 2.5 million households. Am I right? Yeah. Offline. Yeah. The future is offline. The future is offline. Neighbor to neighbor, you start building relationships with people. We start looking at people. We start talking to them. We start giving them a card. We have meetings. We have discussions. We start educating our neighbors on those principles. That's the only way out. Five companies control all the big tech. Facebook, Google, Twitter, etc. So you got to be out of your mind to think that if we're going after the establishment, 
that they're going to say, okay, I'm not going to do that. You're out of their minds. Yeah, please come. You know, it's, it's inevitable, right? So that's why 50,000 is a number. And think each of you having 50 relationships in your neighborhood. I'm telling you, the game's over for them. It's just a matter of time. But I've engineered a curriculum. We put together a plan. And that is my gift to all of you. Okay? That is what we need to do. I think it'll be better than email. Okay? So I think in closing, what I want to do is I want to uh, thank every, each one of you should thank yourselves. I want everyone in this room before you leave to honor yourselves. Because Shannon has a child. She was out there putting up lawn signs, bumper sticker. Ken Fielding works as a hair cutter, right? Ken found people to help us do stickers. Karina, you know, I can go to, who am I missing? Margo. Thousands, tens of thousands of calls. Beth Hoffman, right? Everyone in this room. You guys should honor yourselves because when you started taking action, that's when you became truly a human being. When you're simply on the sidelines, bemoaning what's going on, you're, you're headed towards your own depressive state. But when you took action, you became a human being. And Jen Bennett, Jen Bennett right here, Jen, Jen and I get up, Jen's six months pregnant, we get up at seven in the morning and Jen and I talk until 12 midnight. Seriously, we run this as a full-time effort. We have Catherine, Natalie, Michelle, obviously, for everything she does. Jerry, Jerry's been there. Jerry works, gets up at 5 a.m. in the morning. Who else am I missing here? Puts up signs. Jeremy, Marie, Tony, I mean, everyone. We have about 3,200 volunteers. You guys have showed up. Thank yourselves that you've become a journey. You, you, you've started a journey now to fight. Crystal, Crystal, we have people, Crystal came from Nebraska twice. Bumper stickers that made phone calls. Right. Almost everyone in the room raised their hand for yeah. something. So really, it's yeah. Everyone here, if you put a bumper sticker, a lawn sign, you're part of this. Yeah. So, but honor yourselves. Really let it absorb what you're part of now. Don't take it lightly. Do not get brainwashed by the illusion on TV. We connect with ourselves here. You have friends here now which you didn't have before, deep friendships, I'm telling you, because you intersect on something much deeper than some you know, surface level thing. So we have a richness here, and we have to grow it. So I want to thank everyone for the opportunity to uh, be a part of your lives and be a catalyst and, and help you educate. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go win, 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 okay? Let me thank Robin Frost right here. If everyone met Robin, Dr. Robin is from Maine. Friends appointed over Robin. Robin came here multiple times. He's a hand and foot surgeon. Okay? So we have, uh, where's Zealman and his wife back there? So all of you, why don't we do a picture up here, right? We'll do it that way. Everyone stay there. I'll shoot that way. All right, thank you, everyone. I'll just go here, we'll take a picture, okay?